The Service Evolution Podcast is brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, Inc. We'll ensure consistently great performance to help keep your business running smoothly. For more information, visit cgpconstruction.com. Welcome to Service Evolution, America's premier destination for service industry leaders. We deliver the advice and insight you need to get ahead in your career, learn new skills, and succeed in the competitive world of service. Our podcast features experts from across the country who provide their valuable insight on topics such as branding, strategy building, and customer service. Whether you're just starting out or looking for ways to take your company to the next level, join us and discover how to make a positive impact today. What's up, guys? It's Sean Black at Service Evolution. Welcome back to another episode with Jim Robinson, his co-host. Hey, What's up? Listeners, thanks for being here today. This is awesome. I'm, I'm ready to dig into this one, this virtual Virtue signal, signaling, we can oh, dig yeah. into this topic. This is going to be fun today. It's, it's going to get deep. <laughs> it's, about to, it's about to get real up in here. It's going to be Yeah, that's right. Oh, man, you cracked me up, dude. I love this. I love doing these podcasts with you. I think this one in particular is going to be fun. Uh, it is definitely an intriguing topic um, and, and certainly something I know resonates with you, uh, and, and, you know, uh, of companies and how they be who they should be. be their we'll, we'll keep it lighthearted today. We won't dig too deep. We won't dig subject. too deep. We we'll can, see we how can this go goes. further. That's we right. We don't want to scare anybody today. <laughs> That's right. That can happen. Okay. So let's, let's do this. Let, understanding virtual signaling. Let's define virtual signaling in the service industry context. Like, can you break it down for our listeners the way we look at it? Um, virtue signaling is probably the simplest way to say it is saying one thing or representing one thing and doing something completely different. Mm. It's being morally or ethically misaligned with what you're stating or representing. So if you say, let's go political for a minute. Let's say yeah. I'm a, if you publicly say you're a conservative or a liberal, and then you act in a different capacity. Virtual signal, vir, virtue signaling is saying one thing and acting in a completely different way. So how does that work in the service industry? Let's dig deep into this thing. Well, not too deep. Let's not scare not people. Not too deep. But really in the service industry, what does that mean? They say they want one thing, but they actually need something else. And they're actually trying to get somewhere else, but they're stating it differently. So you really have to read deeper into what's stated or posted or talked Dig deeper. What is the true need? Uh, and we'll dig into authenticity here in a minute. But really, you got to dig deeper as to what is the true need, what really aligns best with your buyer, mm. and what are they actually wanting and needing? Because you meet both, and you can win by doing so. You got to read between the lines sometimes on this. That makes sense. I, and the more you're you're talking about it, I have a lot more questions here on on this subject because it's a, it's kind of a fine line. Why should service industry professionals and businesses be concerned about this? Like, it, what is the potential consequences here? Um, well, the one you're not going to deliver what is really wanted or needed because you're just not really going to know. Uh, why should the service industry professionals be concerned? 
because there's things being stated, posted, talked about that really doesn't align with the individual. Mm-hmm. And so that's a that's a caution thing. So if somebody posts even on their social platforms or or however, they may mention something that's virtue signaling that is likely misaligned. And if they're going to virtue signal, meaning they got to brag about something, they got to post it, they got to talk about it, and it is likely that it's misaligned um, because when you're when you're aligned with your virtues, people are going to pick up on who it is, what it is, what you're really yeah. representing, culturally value system, etc. They're going to just pick up on the organics of that versus having to state it, put a bumper sticker on your car that you likely don't align with. It's, it's kind of interesting. Crazy. It's really interesting to me, the subject, because I know there there are news stories and there are definitely companies out there that have even let go of some of their employees because they are on social media. They're virtual signaling. And then someone gets in a tit tat and all of a sudden it becomes a big social media thing. And then that company's like, whoa, that's not us. Yeah. Well, the difference in that is, is the virtue, <laughs> the virtue signaling is the individual that is no longer with that company and now is starting to raise a flag and saying, hey, you know, by the way, yeah, um, I, we've worked with companies in this very, very spotlight. They didn't change who they were and they're not virtue signaling at all. They simply have contracts and statements of the, here's who we are. Here's what we do. Here's our core values. If you follow these, if you don't, then we have challenges and there's really no reason for you to be with us because you're going to be misaligned. And that person, when they finally part ways, becomes the virtue signaling, and they start posting things that may or may not align with truly their core value and certainly are misaligned with the corporate value. Mm. Do you feel like maybe there is a danger to this or like of a company falling into circumstances where they end up virtual signaling? Like they're trying to be competitive. They're wanting to stay up with the times. They want to be hip or cool. Yeah. Well, you can see that when the people protest. Yeah. Let's say there's an organizer of a protest. That's virtue signaling, right? They're, they're organizing a protest. They're saying, hey, here's who I am. And then some of the followers that actually go to protest can end up in, end up in mayhem because yeah. they're misaligned with what that virtue is that they're trying to express. If you look at the the run on the, uh, in D.C., January 6th. January 6th, perfect example. Wow. Wow, what virtue signaling is that? The people that actually started wasn't the call to overrun, but the folks that showed up had a very different agenda, anger, hate, frustration. That was aligned at their core value, yeah. their core they didn't virtue signal this. They just showed up and became this nasty individual and packs and craziness. So virtue signaling, it's important to follow that. And the dangers with watching it or seeing it or watching it posted somewhere, it's like on the socials. I have a great life, right? I have a great life. And I'm not saying for me, I'm saying a great life they post. And then you see the turmoil that they're in. Yeah. It, that's virtue signaling, right? It's maybe what they wanted or think they're going to get to, but today it isn't that. It's a very different story. It just, it's complete misalignment. So usually when somebody posts, oh my gosh, my life is so amazing. My husband, my spouse, my significant other is so amazing. It 
pretty good chance there's BS and there's something underlying. Don't take it for the surface value, but see it as this, you know, the virtue signaling is saying, hey, maybe this is where I want to be, but I can assure you 99% of the time that's not where they're at. Yeah, they're in this country right now, and we won't hop into it too deep, but there are a lot of individuals and companies doing this, and they're and they're really hopping into something that I don't think they quite understand fully. Yeah. They don't understand the topic. They don't understand what it means or, or well, the, the consequences. The socials created a competition amongst each oh, other yes. and their peers, and so they are posting and putting social stuff out that really is virtue signaling because it's uh, it's misaligned with their true character. And they're trying to make a statement as to this is who I am. You should follow this. And then as soon as they're off the socials, they become who they really are. And good, bad, or otherwise, it's just misaligned. And so be careful on the social platforms. What you read isn't what's actual. Not. We don't even know if it's even true. It, At this point, we don't even know if they, a person who wrote it was really a, even a person. Yeah. <laughs> we got into that discussion on AI the other night. I was in Oklahoma. And uh, we got pretty heavy and deep in this conversation because the individual I was discussing with just learned of AI, had somebody come into his uh, company, and now he's hot and heavy on this AI, you know, AI is going to conquer the world. And I'm like, easy, easy there, Trigger. Uh, yeah. he, he's virtue signaling, saying, you know, this, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And it's not, but it's creating sliced bread. And we're three to five years and it's hard to say because it's breakneck speed. But yeah, virtue is. signaling is, is, he says, I'm this giant support of AI. And in the same breath, basically, he's saying, I don't agree with them taking our content from our phones and tracking and doing what we do. And I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's AI. Good Hold conversation. <laughs> so, so it was interesting. So, line. so virtue yeah. signaling is, I'm this great AI guy, AI, and... I disagree with all of what they're doing, but I can't wait to it. It's better because it's going to be so empowering for my company and what I do. Oh, wow. And yeah. So that was straight virtue signaling, right? He's AI proponent and publicly saying that because it misaligns and he's trying to get there. He's trying to make himself a believer and he's just really not a believer of it. How really interesting that. Yeah. It, it, you know, I, I see this a lot. AI is an interesting thing. We can have a whole show on that, but just in this arena, it's making things far more complex with virtual signaling and, and people's identities and who they are and what they're doing. And I'm a proponent of tools. I like just tools. I think things that make us more efficient and better as a people, great. AI can fall into that. It can also fall into the opposite of that. So... For me, yeah, I, I like tools. I like tools. I like opportunities. Yeah. If it serves the greater good. If it serves the greater good. It has to serve the greater good. Yeah. And if it's doing the greater good, I'm part of the greater. I'm part of the group, meaning the masses. And if it's doing that, then I too will be a recipient of whatever those benefits are. If it doesn't serve the greater good, if it's super individualistic, self-centric, no. as we say, that's a concern to me. So yep. when we develop tools that are only going to serve self, eh, I'm really not a participant in that. AI is not in the greatest of form to serve the greater good yet. It's very specific in what it will serve and capable of. It's going to get better. It's going to grow better. It's going to do more things, and it will eventually serve the greater good. 
at the same time, it's going to have some destruction of the greater good. Yeah. So that's something that I pay attention to. I don't virtue signal on this. I don't say, <laughs> hey, I, I love AI. I just, um, I love tools, but they got to serve the greater purpose. They got to serve the greater good. They got to serve all of the people in unison. Yeah, I agree with that. From a business standpoint, and really individuals, how can you recognize when you may or when they may be falling into this trap? Is you feel like there's maybe certain signs, or if you're, you know, that show up, little red flags? Uh, well, for me, it's stating one thing and behaving differently. Yeah. So I do pay attention to that. I pay attention to that with the buyers, with the customers, the people I interact with, the groups I coach, teach, or participate in where I'm being taught. Are they stating one thing and doing something else? Uh, recently, um, an acquaintance released a book, and they're stating, they're stating something very clearly in there that I am completely in disagreement with. Uh-huh. And I believe they are in disagreement, actually. And I think mm. they're following the virtual signaling. They're really following a pattern that they want others to buy into the concept they really for the don't. empowerment of dominating the group. And this is a large group that's following this group. But it's um, uh-huh. it's uh, it's kind of misaligned with reality in my perspective. And so making sure that we're not just making a, a statement, you got to follow what that statement truly means. And if, usually if there's some big public statement, there's something underlying, you got to dig a little bit deeper on that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that for sure. I often wonder if like if you're in your company or you're a CEO, you're a leader and you're feeling like there's kind of a misstep or a misconnection in your company internally, that maybe that's one of those things like, who maybe. Maybe we're out of alignment here. We've talked about over the years, one of, the, one of the examples I use internally when we talk kind of on these subjects is a person that says they're well-connected, right? That's the virtue. There's the virtue signaling. Boom. They just publicly stated, I'm well-connected. And their friendship list is three deep. Yeah. They literally have no friends. And the only friends they have is really family, and it's usually immediate family. That's a virtue signaling that's misaligned with truly who they are. Mm. And that's something I've discussed probably 20 years in our company is that's the surest way to figure this out. And I do it even differently. I just say, you know, write your own, um, your own obit. If you're going to write your own obituary, what does that look like? And what will people say when you get called home to wherever home is for you? When you pass from this living being to something else, who's showing up to talk about it? How many are going to be there? there there's some reality to this because the saying I'm, I'm this great connector, but nobody's connected to you unless it may be just in the job only, mm-hmm. in your career space only, and you don't, you don't have friends. It's, it's, that's a misalignment. And so I dig deeper and internally you've been around for this, but for 20 years, I've talked about the authenticity of being real to who you are. And we have one guy on the team that says, geez, I I don't like people. I don't like people. I don't like people. He said his whole life. And that was virtue signaling. It wasn't truly aligned with who he is because this is the same individual that gets every customer service award from internals and externals. (laughs) 
And so how much more misaligned could it be? The right that's that's virtue signaling saying, geez, I don't like people. I'm gonna tell everybody I, that way you stay away from me. The reality is, is he loves to be heard, he loves to be loved, mm. he loves to make sure he impresses upon people he's there to serve them, and he in turn gets multiple awards internally and externally. That's a misalignment in his virtual signaling. Not authentic. We've had many conversations. He's been with me a long time. And I've had the opportunity to talk to him about that. He no longer makes those statements. I think that and probably is a happier person for that. He's a happier person because he's more aligned with truly who he is. Yeah. He's not given that virtue signaling in a negative, in a negative way, expecting some kind of a lesser result. Did he want to react with less people or interact with less? Maybe. Maybe. But I hate people is not a true statement. Yeah. It just wasn't. And he lived with that BS story for a long time. Long time. Amazing how, people, how long people do hold on to that stuff. Yeah. It doesn't serve them anymore, but they still do. How interesting. You mentioned authenticity. We talk about this a lot, but how can service industry leaders really maintain authenticity in their actions and in their communications? Well, being being true and real to who you are, you're going to step on some people. And you're going to step on toes, not on people. You're going to step on toes. You're going to offend some people. And you, you will find that people fall in love with you or hate you. Mm. And you can take some public figures right now that are true to who they are. Yeah. And you can see who's going to attack them. The people attacking are usually misaligned with themselves. They can be in opposition. That's great. Yeah. Opposition is a true, that's a great thing. Don't be afraid to be op, you know, in opposition to somebody's opinion. But when you start the, the wars over the opposition, that's, there's, really, there's really truly some misalignment there. And yeah. there's probably a misunderstanding of what's actually being stated. And it's your understanding it based on who you are, not who they are. So it's really, there's a big difference in that. Leaders have to maintain their authenticity. You got to be real to who you are. Whatever you stand for, that's where you stand. You draw that line and you don't cross that line. Because the moment you do, then others will see that as, well, one, a moment of weakness, compromising for whatever, the, the holy dollar or whatever, you know, whatever the hell you want to call it. It's, um, you have to be truly authentic. Your actions, your communications, it has to be crystal clear. People need to know where you stand at all times, and some aren't going to like it. And if you're yeah. the if you're the manager, the leader, the CEO, the president, whatever it is, people are going to leave you based on who you are. People are going to stay with you forever based on who you are. And because of that, that that really has to be defined. But that's done by actions. It's be the example of who you are. Truly stick to your core. Your authenticity is imperative, and people will gravitate to that or leave. Let them leave because there's going to be some pain point for them and for the company or for you in your circles. Let them go. Let them find what they align well with. And the rest of the folks that do align, keep them around. Yeah. It's important. It's interesting. I like that. I, I think that is probably the best advice that people can get on this subject. Uh, you don't have to please everybody. In fact, you shouldn't. I mean, and you if can. you're being grilled to who you are, you can't. Yeah. Those there are... Is those that become chameleon-like without authenticity of chameleon-like is that they're always trying to please somebody else. You will find yeah. that they're very stressed 
you will find that they go home and they drink. They go home and they're not happy with life in general. They're so chameleon-like. They're so hungry to create a relationship with somebody that is so misaligned with them that they become chameleon. They literally try to fit in in all scenarios. And when they do that, that's a misalignment. That's a pain point. That's not authenticity. And you, you'll find those people. They don't have a lot of friends. Family tends to be their friendships. Uh, and I'm not judging that. I'm just saying they tend to tell you how many friends they have and they really don't have them. So yeah. it's really important to pick up on that stuff. And when you do, you'll find that, yeah, their authenticity is lacking. They're chameleon-like, meaning they're trying to fit everybody and they've really lost the way as to who they truly are. Yeah. And there are individuals like that. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate that behavior is a very much a, a manipulator and trying to fall into good graces with other people, which you just are a mismatch for. And it's so much easier just to be yourself. It really is, honestly. It really is. That's that's interesting. Oh, man. It makes me think. I was thinking, I watched this, uh, was watching this interview, and the gentleman was speaking, and he was very authentic to himself, who he was. I was very intrigued with the speaker. Um, he was a veteran. And uh, and his parents were were in service, and he was very proud of where he came from and who he is. And but there's a person who called him out to be something he wasn't. Very very uh, extreme on one side of things, and he's like, no, hold on. Well, she's like, the, the person's like, well, you're wearing an American flag. You 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 know, you're so extreme this way. He's like, no, hold on. I, you know, I'm a veteran, <laughs> and. He he did his very best to be himself authentically and explain, but the person just would not have it. And she's like, "Okay, well, that's okay. You believe what you want to believe." And you know, and it was clear that, that person was just really in fear. It was just fear, 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 fear. Yeah. And it was a it was a contrast with his, uh, you know, his authenticity and his faith. Yeah, maybe and maybe they just misaligned. The individual yeah. asking the questions disagreed with all the military practice. And maybe there was that. She was just complete. like, "You're this, like here's yeah. your here's my brush, paint." <laughs> you know, yeah. that was uh, that was it. Yeah, and he's like, "Okay, you're, you're going to have that if you're a truly authentic who you are. You're going to have some really abrupt misalignments." Yeah, that's okay. All right, we're going to take a break real quick. Figure sponsors, and we'll be right back. Did you know that CGP Maintenance and Construction Services Inc. are also commercial plumbers? They added the plumbing division in 2000 and have been serving the nation's largest brands ever since. They offer everything from cleaning drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig ups. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember, call CGP. They are ready to be on site 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They specialize in restaurants, retail stores, commercial buildings, and hospitality. No matter what your plumbing needs may be, CGP is ready. And because they're a maintenance company, they can make the repairs needed after the plumbing is completed as well. One call will do it all. Call them today, 858-454-7326, or check them out on the web at www.cgpconstruction.com. Give them a call today. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Sean Black, here with the one and only Jim Robinson. Hello, Hello sir. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm excited. We've been talking about 
uh, understanding virtual signaling. And, uh, you know, this is, this is the thing right now. This is happening. And we really got into conversation on defining that for service industry and, and then talking about authenticity and how that really applies. And so I, I do want to talk about that. I really want to talk about navigating authenticity and, and really about how actions speak louder than words and why that's important for us. Um, could you provide some, maybe some examples of how a service business can actively support the causes that they care about without, you know, being perceived as virtual signaling? Well, one, you don't have to broadcast it. Um, it is a very kind gesture to actively post who you're supporting um, without saying, uh, let's, let's take an example. Let's say you're American Heart Association and you post that, that you're going to be a contributor there but there's been nothing around hearts, nothing around any content, but you're donating to this cause. That's a virtual signaling, right? There's a, there's a misalignment there because usually when what you're a contributor of, if you're truly philanthropic, you're giving to causes that you've been exposed to. That's why you know about them. So whatever those things that you've been exposed to over you know your lifetime, whatever that looks like, that may be the thing you're contributing to because there was there's a call. Mm -hmm. Me, as a homeless teen, I ended up serving the homeless community, you know, as a chairman for eight years. And I didn't need to tell anybody I was doing that. People knew about it because it became very public. And I just simply added a story. I felt compelled to do that because it's more than likely because I was homeless at one point. I didn't have the narcotics addictions at that point. I didn't have alcohol problems. I didn't have any of that. I was just an idiot and I ended up on the streets. And so I say that for what it is. And I was literally on the streets about six weeks in the middle of winter, January. And that was a tough time in my life. Fast forward a couple of years, I'm like, man, I was too good to be homeless, but I was too good to figure out what the hell I needed to be doing. And I was, you know, on the streets. And as I went through that discovery, I had to figure out why I ended up there. Mm. And it was because of misalignment. It was, I, I have a high IQ, and I don't say that to brag. I just say that because I have a level of competency that's not normal. And because of my abnormalities, it ended up putting me on the streets. And it was because I was truly misaligned with who I th thought I was supposed to be versus who I was becoming. Mm. And so I had to realign. And that's when my lessons at 15, by the way, I was 15 and a half when I was homeless. It was being able to set out on that journey to figure out how I needed to be realigned. And at 16, I started paying my own rent. I worked a full-time job, went to full-time school, uh, college courses, et cetera, all through high school. And I had to figure that out. And as I did that, it started making sense of being authentic to who I was who I, who I came from, where I'm at, and what that meant. And it also meant a lot of apologies to my parents, to family, for the disruption I created because I was so misaligned. So authenticity is so imperative. There's a healing in that when you become truly authentic to who you are. You don't go to sleep in pain. You go to sleep to rest because your body needs it because it's physically and mentally exhausted from serving other people because you're authentic to who you are. That's how I know the shift is real. And when you finally get it, you don't go back. 
you stay truly authentic in your space. That's how you serve other people, being authentic. It's really interesting. Just kind of a side note, though. I just in your experience, especially in this subject of authenticity, authenticity, and, and being really congruent with your purpose and who you are, and having exposure to a lot of people who struggle with homelessness. Do you? I mean, just as a side note, do you feel like a lot of those things are, uh, are a lot of those situations are caused by people just not being their true selves, not being authentic to who they are? So they continue to make choices that that leave them on the streets or or get them to the streets to begin with? There's all kinds of reasons why folks will end up on the street. For me, I was totally misaligned with my level of education and knowledge, my wisdom, where I came from. So I was completely misaligned, and that took me down a rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, I needed to go into that rabbit hole, homeless for six weeks. I needed to go into that rabbit hole so I could recover and be a much better person on the other side. I needed that experience. And that's a very different way to look at that because some people say that happened to me. You know, the world's a terrible place. Be careful. You might end up homeless. Yeah. That part's not a reality. That is virtue signaling saying, you know, the world's a terrible place. It's going to put you in this homeless situation. You, you will manifest whatever you story to, you tell. And for me, that was a positive experience. It wasn't in the moment. But after the fact, it was a very positive experience because it made me who I am. And, and in doing so, I served, I don't know how many thousands of people for eight years in, in govern, governance of a board that truly serves that very tough, very tough community. And so if, if I didn't have that six weeks of my experience, would I have been able to serve at six, eight years in that capacity? Probably not. I probably would have had no interest or understanding of it. So kind of to your point or to answer that question, yes, there's all kinds of reasons why they end up homeless or why they're there. They usually blame it on money. They blame it on, you know, Joe Blow, the homeowner landlord, kicked me out. You know, there's some kind of a story behind it. If they actually own the authentic reason why they ended up homeless, they'll shift out of homelessness, homelessness very quickly, and they'll be on the recovery mode immediately after that. But there's got to be some ownership in there and no blame. And when you shift away from that part, the recovery starts. But you got to have full ownership in why you ended up there, much like I did. I was an idiot. Yeah. And I, I made some terrible decisions and didn't align. And because of that, I ended up homeless. Yeah. It was all on me, 100%. I think that process is very hard for a lot of people. When we're talking about, you know, virtual signaling. I think that's much easier. It's easier to say, I'm this, yeah. than to look in the mirror and go, I'm really this. Yeah. And this is how I really feel. 100%. Yeah. Right? It's the negative, right? The negative is yeah. always so much easier to deal with. So today, much easier. And it's harder to deal with tomorrow. Yeah. Reality and authenticity is difficult to deal with today and extremely easy tomorrow. So it's just the complete opposite. So people take the easy road. They just go through the jump and, and they'll the bandwagon and they jump the bandwagon, bandwagon. Oh, and yeah. yeah. Crazy, man. From a leadership standpoint, so CEO, director, managers, leadership role, any position really where you're in the leadership and the, kind of any positions can lead, but in the service industry, how does um, that leadership play a role in promoting authenticity and, and really deterring 
this virtual signal signaling even before it starts? Well, the values and the cultures that we have, certainly in our company, uh, now coming up on 39 years this, this next year, yeah. is our values are pretty clear. And through the journey of getting to work with us, I mean, you kind of got to, you kind of got to toe the toe the toe and walk the walk and talk the talk. And when once you get in, if there's some virtue signaling, I don't. For one, I don't really hear much of that. I haven't in many many years no. at this point. I think we're pretty we're squared away culturally, value wise. I think we're very consistent. Authenticity, nurturing the authenticity, is supporting the ownership. Right. So we're going to have failures. We're going to have problems every day. I do, you do, the team does. Supporting the errors and walking through that, don't sugar it, but see it for what it really was or is. Make the statement and watch the ownership, right? You have to encourage the ownership of the error, regardless from the ownership side, how detrimental it possibly is. But still, the ownership is the powering, the power part. As soon as there's some ownership, you got to jump in. You got to support the ownership, mm-hmm. and then it shuts down. It shuts down everything: the complaints, the you know, the incompetence, the frustration. That just goes home with you. And the the changes is that one, there's ownership. Hey, that's great. Thanks for that ownership. What are we doing different on the next run? That's an opportunity for them to grow, the company to grow, and me to grow. So authenticity builds over time just by the empowering of the full ownership. As soon as you see the ownership, you got to capitalize on that for them. Yeah. And then that starts building. And they're like, geez, I can be real to who I am. I don't have to sugar things up. One of our team, you know, she just straight up tells you, here's what I got to deliver because this is what's asked of me. It's truly authentic to who her natural core and who she's becoming. And she's got amazing growth in the last 12 to 18 months, this explosive growth. And watching her grow, it's she's becoming authentic to who she is versus who she used to be. Sick days were normal. Now she schedules four hours off when she needs it. She doesn't take a whole day. Go register your car, full eight hours. How do I do it in 30 minutes and everyone else needs eight hours? It's because they're not authentic. It's easy to check out when you're truly not authentic. She's yeah. becoming so authentic and real to who she is that her growth has now become an explosive. Yeah. Actually, can I ask you, I was going to ask you how that process affects employee engagement. Like if someone is virtual signaling versus being authentic, and, you know, and what can really a business do to keep their teams motivated and committed in the, in the, in the scope of authenticity? Um, well, you got to support it, right? You got to support who they really are. So their little quirky, their little nuances of who they are, what they say, how they act, <laughs> you got to support it. Yeah. It, it, you, I mean, yeah. I got to be supportive of your quirkiness. And, and quite frankly, that's empowering is to, to watch that because it's not something that I am, but it's empowering to watch others do it. So when they're authentic to who they are, I think even recently I told you, go be you. Oh, yeah. Stop Stop trying to meet somebody else's needs right now. Be who you are. Be authentic because the reality of that is it's empowering to other people, even if it doesn't align. It's super empowering. People understand the authenticity. And when they do, there's buy-in. 
Yeah. Like it or otherwise, there's buy-in into that. And I gave you the, the hard the hard sentences, go be you. Go yeah. keep being you no matter what, because if you adjust out of that, it's not authentic. You have yeah. to be truly who you are. So that's really empowering. So how do you keep that? You have to empower that. You have to keep talking about that. You have to acknowledge that there's a quirky, a difference or something, and then celebrate those differences. Not suppress them, but celebrate them. And then all of a sudden, watch. The, the quirkiness gets bigger. The craziness gets bigger. It's not that we're misaligned in the culture and the values. It's right. just, we're just different. Yeah, and that's I agree. To be, that's to be celebrated. And that's certainly made a difference. Like, I needed that, right, at that time. I was yeah. Like, yeah. I, after that, I was like, I went home the next day. And I was like, all right, let's go. You know, so yeah. my employee engagement definitely rose. Yeah. Because I was allowed to feel like I could be myself. Yeah. That's really Being, good. And yeah. we're seeing that in other teammates right now is that they're coming kind of into their own and they're saying, geez, I, I can truly be authentic. I can be more loved because you love yourself more when yeah. you're truly real to who you are. And so these, yeah, it's great to watch this growth that we're having right now. It's, it's unbelievable. And we're seeing it, you know, teammate after teammate. I love that, man. Awesome. Well, we're out of time. Let's wrap up. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise on this, this crucial topic. I think it's interesting. I think a lot of listeners are living this right now, whether they're seeing other people go through it or dealing with other companies or even dealing with customers that are virtual signaling and, and going through. We didn't get there, but I'm telling you, that's like a whole different ball of wax, you know, and dealing with that. So thank you for doing that. It was, it was a fun topic and, and uh, we have a bunch more coming up. Uh, as always, we appreciate your expertise, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate the topic. Good opportunity to talk. Love it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. All right. For those who are listening on your favorite podcast platform, don't forget to give us a like, leave us a comment. We always love getting those. We use them to help develop more content. And it shows us that we're providing the right value and the right inf uh, information to you guys. If you're watching on your uh, favorite uh, video platform on YouTube, uh, hit the little bell and subscribe so you get new episodes coming out to you weekly. And uh, you can learn about new things to keep your employees engaged and be authentic. And you get to get great value bombs from Jim Robinson every day. Thank you, buddy. Happy to share. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. See you next time. See you later. Thanks.